All right. Welcome, everybody. Hey, Sean. Hopefully you got me there. Hello. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Getting ready to dive into some charts on a Sunday, like we always do. Ready for a short week? Get yeah, short week. No doubt. That always makes things a little bit more interesting. Certainly does, yeah. Another day off for people. Yeah, I just sent Kay an invite to speak as well. Got all the charts loaded up in the nest there. So I think we can get cracking pretty quick here. It's already been a pretty packed day for me. How about you, Sean? Yeah, really busy. Uh, I haven't really stopped until about 10 minutes ago. So, uh, well, about 20 minutes ago. Watched the final day of the football, went out for a meal, you know, nice walk. Yeah, plenty of stuff. Did you catch Formula One? I can't remember if you said you're Formula One. Fan. No, I didn't actually. I need to look at the results of that. I was more interested in the final day of the Premier League. So, uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, my Spurs did well, so that was nice to see. It did. Hey, Kay, welcome. Hey, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. All of the above. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I say we start getting into it before we do, as always, um, for this uh, this review and all. We are not financial advisors. Kay, Sean, and I are just a... Three guys that like to trade, so this is, for finan- this is not for financial advising or tax advising purposes. This is purely educational and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for joining, and we are going to run through a ton of charts today like we always do. Um, be sure to follow Sean and Kay on Twitter if you don't already, and also check out their YouTube channels. And with that, let's get right into it. Uh, we've got some numbers kind of flat this week for the the major indexes and some with making big moves so a, a lot of what we've seen this year kind of extending now so uh the s p was only up 0.32 but is up nearly 10 percent on the year uh the dow was down a percent and now is negative on the year but basically flat negative 0.16 uh, nasdaq is up two and a half percent and now a strong just shy of 24% to the positive side this year. Um, what's concerning is the Russell 2K, the small cap, did nothing this week and continues to do nothing all year and is still flat. Um, it's up 0.67 to the plus side and for the year. And then we've got Bitcoin, so up another 3 4 almost 4% over the last five days and holding strong at a plus 64%, roughly thereabouts for the year. Um we did get an increase in volatility. The VIX is at 1795 as of Friday's close. So we've been closing below the 16 number and definitely got that elevated. So that was interesting. Uh, I know we got some news this weekend that there's a potential agreement to the debt ceiling. So that could be a positive catalyst as we head into the short week here. Definitely interesting. Um, not a ton of earnings, but some interesting or some name, notable names, I should say, in the, in the earnings, I think. Uh, that, that's my perspective. What do you think, Kay? What do you got there? Well, uh, for earnings, I think a couple of good big names, I would say. So number one is Salesforce, uh, one of the biggest SaaS companies out there. Uh, we are also looking at Okta and CrowdStrike on Wednesday. There's not much going on Tuesday unless you follow U-Haul and HP. Uh, but on, on Thursday, we also have Zscaler, Broadcom. So if you're following the NVIDIA hype and the whole AI hype, and we saw Broadcom also gain a lot in the last week of almost about 20%, uh, considering it's a $300 billion company, you would want to watch that. Lululemon, MongoDB, and ChargePoint, along with Dell, those are the notable earnings that I'm actually watching. Yeah, CrowdStrike has been on a, a rip, and 
total positive trend continues. Big move up last week. They kind of gave it back on the end of the day Friday. But yeah, heading in the in the earnings, that'll be that and Zscaler in particular. I think are pretty high on my list. Um, Sean, any of those names that you you got any interest in this week? Uh, just from an EV point of view, probably just ChargePoint. See if they can actually post some numbers. The last few earnings reports have been pretty stale, so maybe a little bit of a you know forward looking good guidance. Maybe would be would be good to see from them. But other than that, not really, not not really my kind of week. C3 AI is obviously a good name for AI. Uh, purposes but yeah see what happens yeah there's going to be a lot of fervor around that no doubt and uh yeah totally on brand for you sean with the ev that makes a ton of sense charge point needs to find some some ground here and make a move higher it'd be nice to see that absolutely oh. who knows there might be a next week's set <laughs> yeah that would be great to see well um speaking of sets let's get right into the charts here um i think i've got your candles for the spy up first so do you want to dive into that sean Absolutely, yeah. And um, this one's a fairly simple one that I've drawn this week. And I've got a, you can see the alert right in the middle of the page there, spy crossing 420.82. Obviously, nothing's exact. Um, but that's the kind of the typically top that we can see that's been touching in the last week or so. Um, and we had a nice V week. We, we started quite high on Monday, dropped you know, quite low on, on Wednesday, just straight back up on Friday evening. Uh, Friday was a very green day, as you can see, with the massive candle we've got there. Um, but it's, it's really good momentum, I think. Really good candle. You know, blast through the last three kind of red candles. Nice gap up-ish. Um, but yeah, I think I, I see forward momentum here. I don't see it stopping. Um, pushing through that 420. I'll get that alert. And then it would be all the way to kind of 430, the line I have. Um, but importantly, we've, we've bounced off that 20 moving average. Uh, you can kind of say that we've almost bounced off the 50. But I think, you know, you can see it kind of back in the chart has left a little bit of a, a space off of the 50. So that's kind of how it bounces off the 50. And um, 50 is a blue line if you're following along on the on the images. But yeah, I, I see a nice little move through 420 and up to 430. Yep, my chart shows almost the same thing. I, my levels are, you know, within a dollar basically of what you've got. So within fractions of a percent. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've really been targeting, you know, 411 was, was holding and so 414, um, was not uh, it was it was resistance for a long time right so 404 to 414 with 411 kind of being this mid-range support and now that we're busted through 414 I agree with you got some momentum there and pushing right up into that 420 mark that was my first target and if we get a continuation and, and like I said with the agreement to the the debt ceiling talks yeah. whether you think that's nonsense or not which you know I I'm not going to argue anybody who thinks it's nonsense, um, but that that's going to have potential to be a positive catalyst. And then there you go. We're breaking through 420 and I've got, you know, all the way to 432, but really all I'm doing there is uh, going to the top of the wick of the candle that I think you went to the actual close of for your 429.75. So, you know, and that's a nice little range there to start taking profits if we get there. And I think that's what we're targeting next. Yeah, no, that's not, not normally like me. I like to go to the top of the candle. not too sure why I did that. Uh, top of the wick, I mean. I'm not too sure why I went to the top of the candle. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you've, you've influenced me. I've been paying a little bit more attention to that because it makes sense, right? Get to the peak of the yeah. of the actual yeah. price run there. And that, that went right off of the uh, moving average, too, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Almost pinpoint. Absolutely. Right. Okay, you know there's options action. Got to be – is it is it bullish? Uh, the options definitely look bullish a lot. 
Uh, but interestingly, I think what one piece of news I think we did not cover is that the core PCE came higher than what was forecasted. So the forecast was 4.6%. It came 4.7%. And that news kind of has been, nobody's paying attention to it uh, because of the debt ceiling discussions. But I think once that wraps up, you're looking at core PCE, and then the question really becomes, it, not about the pivot of you know Federal Reserve, but are they going to increase the interest rate in June? And I think we, right. we the discussion will shift back, and that's where the interestingly we'll see how SPI plays. But by the way, so far so so far definitely looks like there's a ton of options at 423 on the call side, almost like 23,000 uh, contracts for May 31st expiration. Uh, 423 also has a lot of uh, options on June 2nd, which is 28,000. Um, so those are some some major contracts expiring at 423 for next week. Yep, no doubt there's going to be a lot of action in a short week. Um, the queues we got next, and the queues have been on absolute, you know, just an absolute rip to the higher, uh, higher side of things. I pulled up the four-hour candles, which we have not looked at recently. Um, we, and I like to look at these when I'm looking at longer time frames, but just a little bit more detail. So this actually goes all the way back to, you know, October, uh, even though they are hourly, can the four-hour candles and you know, we have some nice levels here that are tightening up as we, you know, what I'm seeing here is an ascending wedge, right? And that wedge is getting tighter. And so those levels of support and resistance, it makes sense that they're also tightening up. Um, but it, it looks to me like last week we firmly broke out for, on Friday um, out of that, that wedge. So that could be another bullish sign. And despite all of the positive um, movement already in the queues and big tech, uh, it could be blasting higher. It already went above the level I had at 348.69. So we've got 353 and 360 basically above as their next targets. Um, I didn't take a look at your chart there, Sean, for the Qs, but did you pull up? What did you yeah, have? You got put up the daily, right? Yeah, so I just want to say I'm really well constructed chart that you've got here. I love the ascending triangle. You've, you've made it you know, very sharp, very easy to read. And uh, you can clearly see the breakout from this is much better than my chart. I'll tell you that. So if you have a look at my chart, you can see I've got the daily up for QQQ and I've just got basic levels drawn. We had a very good bounce off the 20 million average, which is the yellow line. Um, it looks like we're heading towards that 353. Uh, let me have a look back at your chart. It looks like you've got that up for 353 as well. So yeah. like you said, obviously levels are tightening up a bit. So, yeah, I, I see, again, nothing but forward momentum. I know we've had a bit of a kick up, um, but that's what tech does. You know, people get excited about tech, people put their, their money into tech, and that's what happens. You can see that. And obviously, NVIDIA had a big part to play in that, which we'll obviously get to later on. Yeah, for sure. Such big news of the, across the AI world and, <laughs> and in semiconductors. And, uh, yeah, so I like to scroll through the different time frames. We've talked about that before. And this four-hour chart did catch my eye because of that, that rising wedge in the breakout. And, you know, it could have gone either way. Um, but as a technical trader, I, I got to pay attention to this uh, moving above the wedge. And it, had it broken lower, you know, meaningfully with the, the momentum and volume that we got, I would have thought, you know, the exact opposite. You know, maybe this has lost its steam. Um, and to be honest, going into the week, I just kind of thought we were, expect, you know, looking at maybe being overheated and ready for a reversal. And instead, it just powered even higher. So, uh, yep, that's what I'm seeing with the cues here in this four-hour chart. And, you, you know, looking at the daily that you've got, Sean, 
Um, it's it's just zooming out, showing that we we've, we've clearly reversed here. And that you know three thirty three level that you have highlighted, um, that looked like it was prior support, then turned to resistance. Right, we went up and reversed hard off of that previously, and now it is without a doubt where we blasted way above it. So all positive signs for me. Absolutely, and NVIDIA had a big part to play in that, didn't it? So. Yeah, I mean, what is, I don't know what the number holding it is in the queues, but yeah, certainly had a huge part to play in that, uh, no doubt. I'll get to those charts, but I think it's uh, your charts up first this week. So um, let's jump over to you, and we have Tesla first. Yeah, I just wanted to see if there's actually any options data um, that might be key on QQQ. Oh, yeah. That information. Yeah, 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 interestingly, you have a very bearish uh, call put to call ratio. It's 1.98 on QQQ. Yeah. This is why, look, subconsciously, I was just skipping over it because I didn't want to hear that. Uh, <laughs> people, uh, people are not used to big green candles, are they? <laughs> no doubt. So really, the bearish sentiment in the, in the Q's options, interesting. Yeah, but, but you also have to keep in mind that this is from the last 30 days worth of data, right? So, okay, um, sure. So that, that's something to keep in mind. The put, the volume side is much more bullish compared to the open interest. 1.47 in the volume side and 1.98 on the open interest. Side. So, uh, it, it was actually much, it was higher last week than this week. So, things are a little bit looking more bullish because of the run that we had uh, last week among the semiconductor and AI stocks. Oh, I see. So, you know, we actually, it looks, sounds to me, and I'm just speculating here, but there is some hedging possibly, right, in those puts that we were seeing. And maybe some of that's coming off now. And so you're seeing, even though the overall look, if you're just looking in a, at this week, it might have a bearish sentiment. Week to week, we're actually decreasing those number of puts. Exactly. And uh, so that's yeah. a bear. That's actually bullish. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's a great. Uh, great uh, observation there, Kay. Good stuff. All right, now let's kick it over to Sean. Sean, to you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to mention a little bit of a promo here. We're actually moving to YouTube next Sunday. So go ahead and follow. We'll, we'll stick a comment in this space. Uh, I think we can do that, can't we, Nate? Can we put a comment yeah, in the space? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll do that. And then if you go click on that, hit the subscribe, obviously, and we'll be live. And you'll be able to see our faces, would you believe, next Sunday. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but... You know, we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's going into uh, into my set. I've got Tesla, Neo, Palantir, and Barber today. And first up, obviously, we're going to go for Tesla, the big one. And I've, what I've drawn here is kind of a bit of a wedge, similar to well, I don't know. I keep forgetting what these wedges are called, but you can quite you can clearly see that I've drawn a wedge here. Um, and we're kind of coming down. It is a, it's a bit you know a bit of a negative wedge, but I do believe with the news that we've had and the one that we're having with Tesla at the moment. You can see a nice pass of the 50 million, which is the blue line. And we just went all the way pretty much straight to 200. And um, I've got a little bit of projection on here, which I'm going to leave on here for the next uh, few weeks, maybe, just to see if it plays out, of course, maybe a couple of months. What's that, about a month or so? Yeah. Uh, I want to you know, have a nice little breakout trade, break out of the 200 moving average, come back down, retest that 200, and make a move up to kind of 227 to 235. I think that kind of range I've got there is... But yeah, nice and simple read uh, from my perspective on this chart this week. Break through that 200, you know, come back down, retest and move up. Definitely have seen a, a reversal in trend uh, in the very near term with this nice kind of run since the start of May. 
uh, for Tesla. And I totally agree with that. If we break above that 200 level, then we probably likely we check back to it, right? Just folks taking profit that did um, get in at the lows there and maybe didn't get out um, previously and might be a little skittish about, it, you know, getting above 200 and pulling back again. So I think some profit taking would make some sense, but all momentum seems to be in favor of Tesla right now, especially with Elon seemingly more focused back on, on the company. So I think that's yeah. probably bullish from a social sentiment anyways. And it doesn't have to come back down and retest. It's just a general kind of trading technique, I guess, isn't it? So maybe come up to 215, come back down to 200. But it, again, it is Tesla. So it could just go straight to 240. So many times I've waited for that pullback and got it. And, yeah. And not get it with Tesla. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, there's actually a lot of uh, bullish options on Tesla. So we have a put to call 0.77, so very, very bullish. And interestingly, for the next week, you have your at 200, you have almost what 23,300 open interest at that level. So that's very bullish. Number one, number two, I don't know if you guys follow the news, Ford had a tie up with Tesla. Uh, the supercharging network, it's, I think it's 10 or 15% of the total supercharging network. Uh, Ford cars can now charge their vehicles there. So that was big in the news. Um, so Yeah, that's, that's massive news for Ford. And I'm, I'm imagining Tesla got as positive for Tesla. I just haven't figured out how. Well, it's positive for Tesla because Tesla has again showed that they can monetize that as well. Because eventually if... Ford starts getting benefit, you can see GM uh, eventually getting on board as well at some point in time. And then maybe Tesla, I don't know about Robotaxi, but they can definitely monetize that aspect much faster than getting Robotaxis. Yeah, the network's already built, right? And um, it would need to be built out much more robustly if you start adding in a bunch of cars. Because there's already a lot of congestion, a lot of these chargers. I know from experience, but uh, yeah, it's... Um, that's a great partnership. It sounds like a big move in the EV world. So, yeah, I, I see what you're saying um, from the additional partnerships and monetization. Yeah, totally makes sense. And looks like the market likes it. Market Absolutely. loves it. But I, I, but I would, trust me, I would want the stock price to remain in this range and not go to 150 or go to 250. I just want it to stay around the 180 to 220. So my options don't get, you know, in the money. <laughs> So selfish of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so that's Tesla. We'll move on to uh, Neo now, which is obviously in the same sort of ballpark, but obviously it's a Chinese company. And um, we've got a bit more of a closer look at the daily here. And it doesn't look great, to be honest. We've had a bit of a rough week. We bounced straight off of that 50 moving average line in a negative way, um, which you can see a few red candles in the last few days. And it looks like we're making that move down to that kind of recent low of 732, uh, that little blue line that I've drawn there. Um, and you can see that the orange line that I've drawn, the vertical line there, that is the earnings report um, coming up. I think it's, you know, it says Friday there in a couple of weeks. So that would be very interesting. Um, I don't know what to expect from it. I'm not here to speculate on earnings at all. But, you know, judging by the, the, the Q1 deliveries, et cetera, it doesn't look like it might be that good. But you never know. The, these companies can post um, surprising results. And on top of that, we do have, obviously, deliveries coming out on June the 1st, which is, I believe, Thursday, I think, um, June the 1st. So that'll be interesting. No one really knows what to expect from that. It could be five to 7,000, I reckon, at least. So obviously, the new models haven't come live. 
Um, but yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is we could, we could have this a bit more negative momentum. We could see that $6 level at some point. I've had that line drawn on this chart for a couple of months now. Um, and it's there for a reason. You know, it's, it's going that direction. It's a negative momentum. You can see that with the red trend line that I've drawn down there. Um, and we, we are kind of breaking moving averages in a negative way. So um, that's what I see on the chart. I don't know, if, Nate, if you follow along with that or maybe you see something different. Yeah, from the technical perspective, it really does need to break above that trend line, doesn't it? Um, and I was going to ask you, do you know um, if there's any potential for some quote-unquote AI news to come out from Neo in the earnings call? Because that's been a nice catalyst for literally everybody, right? And I was just curious. Um, no, not really. Uh, they they mm. have Nomi, which is the kind of in-car assistant. It's basically Siri for your car. Um, but gotcha. apart from that, that's, um, I mean, that's kind of worldwide known now, isn't it? I mean, you've got it in your phones, now in your cars. But apart from that, AI is not really in the criteria. And you can see that reflected in the stock price, especially recently. AI stocks, even if they've got a little bit of AI, I mean, Palantir's got AI as well, and obviously that's flying as well. Um, but yeah, not, nothing on that, on that side of things. Yeah, I just have to look for a catalyst and, and, and otherwise technically really looking for that trend line to break. Um, hopefully we don't get to your $6 level. But No, I mean, um, if, if it does go down that, I, I see that as a bit of a bargain. So I will be buying. I've saved sure. cash in anticipation for it. And that's my personal uh, choice. Obviously, uh, people may think it's going to bounce at 7 and obviously that, that's up to them. But for me, I'm looking, I'm saving cash for these two kind of possible negative catalysts on the 1st and 9th of June. Um, so that's how I'm looking at it from a short-term perspective. But in the long term, I, I still remain bullish, of course. Yeah, like Any options data for this one? Yeah, Sean, listen, I mean, I don't know. Next week, something crazy is happening at $8. You have over 30,000 call options expiring. And the following week, at $8, you have 7,000-plus call options expiring. So people seems like a lot more bullish. And when you look to put to the call ratio, it's 0.47. So super bullish. 500,000 put and over a million uh, calls in the last one month. I guess that could be related to that famous quote within investing, isn't it? If, if people are, are getting greedy, then that's probably when you should start selling, you know, the overall <laughs> momentum. And if people are getting fearful, then maybe that's when you should be picking up shares. So maybe, you know, those, those kind of people are really picking up momentum in terms of, you know, the positive aspects for this for the long term. And obviously there's a massive fear around it at the moment in terms of negative you know, catalysts, headlines, et cetera. So maybe people are just thinking, well, this might be a bottom. So, but obviously I'm not here to say that, but, you know, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep buying. That's me. You know me. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I love the conviction. Yeah. yeah. No. I could talk about Neo for a few hours. Obviously, we're going to move on now, I think. <laughs> I think it's going to be to do. I'm move on to Palantir. And obviously, there's lots to say about Palantir recently as well. I'm not going to dive into it too much because you can kind of see what I'm about to say in the chart already. It's making a massive run up um, and it's bounced off of that 14 to 20 level very cleanly. Um, I did add that line in afterwards. That wasn't actually a perfect hit. Of course, so it has, it's retraced off there a little bit. Um, I would like it to calm down slightly, a little bit. I mean, obviously, in the short term, it's great if you're you know, trading it, of course. But maybe a little retracement back down to that kind of twelve-dollar level that would be kind of, you know, uh, stable, shall we say, a bit positive for the future, you know, just to level it out a bit, bring up those moving averages. Um, and you can see that I've got that trend line right down the bottom there. That's not really going to hit for quite some time unless we have a dramatic move down. Um, but if this AI hype continues, then I don't see it 
slowing if it, if we are to break that 14.20. I don't see much in the way, apart from that little resistance you can see back in April last year. I don't see much in the way to 17. So it could it could continue. And, and we've seen it with NVIDIA in the last few months, and especially adding on with, with this week, of course. So um, it, it could break through that, and we could see 17 uh, fairly shortly, if anything. And um, if you have any experience, perhaps, on this one, Nate, that you could share with us. Yeah, this is one of those where... Um, you do not want to even come close to trying to short a stock that's on a rip like this. Um, it's funny because it gets tempting, like uh, at your 1190 level there. Um, it looks like it maybe is rolling over. You have a nice big upper wick um, and then, you know, close below. And it looks like maybe it's 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 going to pull back there. Same thing happened at 1030, actually, even, even lower, right? It went up, touched it, started pulling back. And you thought, oh, okay, you know, um, this is a good spot to short and maybe we'll fill the gap and pull back to the trend line. But given all the news and the positivity around AI, um, why would you uh, open yourself to that kind of risk, right? There could just be, Palantir hasn't said anything new recently. It's been all the additional AI news out there that's been pushing the stock higher. So um, in in addition to what they've announced recently, right? So yeah, uh, it's a really strong stock and congrats to everybody who's in. um, And, I like your levels. Um, I don't have too much to add there other than it uh, just looks like we want to get back above that 1420 and to get keep momentum rolling. I would be surprised, though, if we kind of stall out for a minute after this run. Absolutely, yeah. And just a little bit on the new side, they've signed a couple more deals, I think, this week. And, oh, um, really? I think Carp's out and about. Not not huge deals, just you know, little trickle-along ones to help the revenue, of course. Um, and Carp's out and about, you know, shouting about AI, of course, his new platform. Um, within the companies that's doing the world of good as well um, and you can see that reflected i think in the volume bars at the bottom there which i, I didn't actually touch on but the volume bars are double triple quadruple what anything that's happened in the last year ish just over a year um and that could be ai hype of course it could be retail but for me personally i think it's institutions they're coming in they're realizing the potential of patterns here and you know pushing it up Sustained for a couple of weeks now that volume, so yeah, it's and impressive. that's exciting to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything on the options side, um, okay? Yeah, uh, for next week, uh, we see uh, over ten thousand contracts. You know, the put side at twelve point five, twelve, and at eleven, you have almost sixteen thousand contracts on the put side. Versus if you look on the call side at 14, you have 7,000. At 15, you have almost 7,000 as well. So a lot more puts open. Uh, maybe it's because of the hedging for next week. Um, yeah. We'll see how that plays out. Um, on the on the ratio itself, it's still very bullish. You have almost last 30 days, you had 895,000 um, put open interest versus 1.5 million on the call side. So... I think it's, um, as we have said in a couple of weeks now, right, stocks like Palantir, Neo, SoFi, very heavily retail favorite. So people tend to open a lot more call options on these, not necessarily meaning that um, it's bullish, but the sentiment is bullish. But at this point of time, you can, at least the data shows that there's a hedging going on, at least uh, because of the recent run-up. That's interesting, yeah. Well, we'll see, won't we, in the next couple of weeks if it continues. And so the last one in my set is Barber, Alibaba. Um, this one's been a bit of a depressed stock, I think, in the last couple of months, as you can see on the chart. And I've, I've kind of drawn a bit of a wedge, the support line of $80, and then we've got that kind of 
um, from 120 down to where we kind of roughly are now. Um, and I, I see maybe uh, this looks like a good line of support. Um, obviously, Nate, I'll get your opinion on this as, as well. So you have covered the stock before. Um, but yeah, I think this little candle that we've seen on Friday, obviously following the last few candles at the beginning of the week, not so great. But this candle, we've got a bit of a bottoming tail, which means, you know, obviously it's been pushed up in the, in the later parts of the day. And we are kind of above that support level. Now, I'm not saying this is a great time to buy, of course, but it is one to watch, at least in my opinion. Um, but a nice retracement back up to retracement, maybe not be the right word, but a nice little move back up to that kind of trend line. And perhaps we can break through the 20, break through the trend line and then make a move up to um, the bigger two moving averages of the 50 and the, in the 200. Um, but yeah, I, we need to see a bit, bit of a better bounce on this one, but it could be, it could be one to watch, I, I think, in the, near, in the near weeks. Yeah, it's definitely um, in a downtrend, like you mentioned, but there's a lot, of, a lot of hype around it, I feel like, a lot of news. And um, it, it does look like it's trying to hold up here. I, I was looking at the weeklies, and so you can go back several months and – you know that that bounce right there uh, that you you've got here showing, I like that level. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, and we could get a dip below like it has in in the past. But usually, that looks like a shakeout to me. And then you get you've got this support now held again. So I like this level to hold. If it does break, um, you know that's concerning, and I would just be targeting the the lower end of that pr- prior break to see where it might hold up. Um, but yeah, downtrend for now, and, and just really looking for that that level you've got there to hold, and then break that uptrend. Absolutely, yeah. Any options data on this one, Kay? Yeah, massive. Uh, on eighty-five, you have uh, thirty-four thousand plus uh, call options. Wow. Yeah, and versus if you look at eighty, there's only two thousand eight hundred put options. So that's a massive difference. This is why I'm hearing tons about Baba. Look at all that option activity. That's crazy. <laughs> Incredible, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this level as well, if you look back in the chart, you can see the, the green candles after this you know, sort of stage, they do pump up. So um, kind of mid-May last year, and we're looking at kind of, when's that, uh, December of last year as well, those big green candles that come after this move, after this you know, particular point. So we could see that potentially. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what I see on the chart. And that yeah, includes my, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, Sean, just one last note. In the near term, it's kind of harder to tell, but zooming out a bunch on Baba here, it does look like it's kind of forming a base and trying to turn itself back to the to the upside. So, anyways, that's all I had to add there. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so that concludes my set for uh, for this week. So thank you, obviously, for joining us. And obviously, head over to the YouTube channel, which we've commented in the, in the chat. And, uh, yeah, I'll hand you over to the wonderful Nate. All right. Thanks, Sean. And uh, so, yeah, getting to my chart set, starting off with NVIDIA, just a massive week. I mean, everybody knows NVIDIA had an absolutely huge week. So I was trying to find a chart that might kind of give a little additional information and pulled up the hourly here, hourly candles. You can see this like pennant formation that formed. So you had the huge rip after earnings. Um, A lot of interesting conversation around how because of their guidance, now they're the stock is actually cheaper than it was before earnings, even though it had this huge run-up. Um, you have this nice p- pattern forming, this uh, flag pattern, pennant, whatever you would like to call it. And the key there is, you know, when you when you get the huge run-up, you want that's where you want all the volume. And then as you get this consolidation, um, you want to see volume declining. And that's exactly what we've got here. Um, so now we're looking to see which way uh, does it break out of this this pennant formation and 
and yeah, if it breaks to the upside on more positive news next week, I would be targeting all the way up to four the four twenty level. Um, that being said, it's been on quite a run, so that would be getting pretty extended. Um, but there's news and catalysts behind it, so you know you got to respect that, and uh, we'll see how far Nvidia can run. That's just my next target level for this guy. After we had this just an incredible run to four hundred, now we've you know cooled off just a little bit to about three ninety. Oh yeah, I, I, what concerns me a bit is the declining in volume. Obviously, it's still quite large, um, but yeah, it's declining. Maybe people are kind of coming out of it now, selling off a little bit, uh, which makes sense, of course. Yeah, when you get this this pennant formation actually, and it's consolidating and not continuing to rise. Um, it's actually okay to see that volume closing up because just like you said, it's fewer people taking profits and fewer people trading. And then, you know, the buyers can step right in and, and push this thing higher um, because the sellers have kind of run out of steam and already taken their profits. So in theory, you know, that's how it could work. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Options have gotten expensive, right, Kay? I feel like they've gotten expensive. Crazy, crazy expensive options. So if you... If you hold 100 shares, you would probably get a ton of premium. But uh, I just wanted to make a personal remark here. Remember, Nate, we have been talking about NVIDIA for a couple of weeks now, and I was like, should I sell, should I not sell? Well, finally, I did pull the trigger. I did sell 25% of my, you know, allocation uh, of NVIDIA and I booked some profits. You know, I mean, you know, I, I don't mind booking some profit at this point in time. So that was a good uh, decision on my side, I would say. And Nice yeah, trade. Nice if it trade. runs to 500, I'm more than happy to, you know, trim it down more. And that goes to, uh, because NVIDIA was part of my long-term portfolio and I like to keep my asset allocation a little bit tighter. Um, so that's one of the main reasons. But I think on the option side, uh, it's crazy. I mean, if you had 100 shares, you could easily like score $1,000 on one contract. On contracts, yeah. yeah. Huge percentages selling cover calls on Nvidia, and for good good reason. I mean, I would sell them well out of the uh, out of the money. Um, you know, that four twenty level is not bad to target, uh, given the way that it's taken you know shaping up. But it's um, the premiums are huge, and if you are going to trade, if you're going to get in with calls, maybe consider spreads. It does uh, cap your upside by selling the, uh, the the higher up strike price of the calls to create the spread after you've bought the lower strike price. Um, but, you know, giving up that upside also means you spend a little bit less to get in on the trade and can, can make some nice money if NVIDIA continues this rip higher. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to continue to watch that and see how that plays out. But a lot of opportunity in the chip world for sure. So um, I actually was tempted to add about 15 different chip charts, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we only have so many. Don't worry. I, I, I got you covered for a couple. So I noticed. Yeah. Looking forward to that. So, um, yeah. So moving on, um, I always cover uh, one of these two and I, and I favor marathon digital over Coinbase and, but I posted both chart, both charts today. Uh, Mara ticket MARA is a favorite that I've been trading for a while here. Kay, I know you've been talking about getting in. I can't remember. Did you say you started trading it as well? I did. I actually did get into the CSP for uh, Mara at eight point five. So I, I think my I made a decent profit. Uh, I'll can I'll continue to see. I mean, if I am able to, I hope it stays above eight point five, so I can just net that premium. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the party. I am right. In, I'm in those the CSPs with you at the eight fifty. It's great. Nice. 
And uh, and I also own shares and selling calls at 10 and 11, covered calls at 10 and 11. And, um, you know, closer, maybe one or two weeks out for the $10 strike and, you know, further out, I'll go and I'll move it up to the 11. Um, but either way, when you look at the charts here for Coinbase and Mara, it tells two different stories. I just want to highlight that, right? You get a lot of folks that are bullish Coinbase because it's the biggest name in the space, um, but it's not necessarily performing the best, right? And that could be due to a number of things. The management not, might not be as well uh, well run. It does something totally different than Marathon does, right? They're two different businesses, um, even though it's in the same space. So it's good to look around at different companies in the sector you're interested in. And, you know, I'm just kind of highlighting a tale of two stories here. We got positive MACD performance, even though it's pulled back. Um, it's, it's actually right on that flat line. It's been largely positive for Marathon where it's been in the negative side, trying to get positive, but looking like it's rejecting for Coinbase. Um, the 150-day moving average has been showing up as support for Marathon, where it's now slid over and become resistance for Coinbase. Um, and then you got the trend lines. So um, just, just highlighting that this week. Anything you'd add to all of that um, blathering I just did, Sean? Uh, yeah, just the trend lines. So they looked... Um... Look fairly solid, but they also look quite easy to break, maybe. Um, so you've obviously got four or five contact points on both. But the marathon one, especially on Friday, we had a big kind of topping tail with the sellers coming in, looks like quite in the sort of later part of the day. Um, and that concerns me because it's right on that line. Uh, we've got that candles, I've just explained, but if, if we do break that, then we could see you know, uh, well, just like maybe seven, uh, perhaps. But if, you know, contrary to that, we can see Coinbase which is at that level. We've got two points of resistance. We've got that moving average. And the uh, obviously the trend lines we mentioned before, if you break that, and I can kind of see kind of 70, 75, that kind of level. So they're kind of both at the kind of turn the tipping point in, in a way. Uh, that's how I see it, personally. It'd be interesting to see them both break trend at the roughly same time, <laughs> given they're both in the same space, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm hoping the marathon continues to hold, uh, just like Kay mentioned, well above the 850 level, and those CSPs can just cash out nicely for full premium. Um, I, I will note that it looks like also right there at that nine, you can draw a straight line across it about $9. It looks like there's prior resistance and now support. So another positive for marathon. Um, but yeah, we'll see you in the, in the coming weeks, and I'm going to take that as my chance to jump over to DraftKings next. Finally got what I'm looking for in DraftKings, which I'm sure a lot of DraftKings owners are not too thrilled about. <laughs> but it got the pullback, right? It got my chance to buy back in. So I'm going to be looking to do that this week, potentially. Um, I wanted to hold 22.65. Um, that was the the prior pullback low um, before rocketing up um, and then rejecting at the 26 level, right around 26. Um, so, yeah, just cooling off. It makes sense. We've had a great year for DraftKings. A uh, great recent run, blast up off of earnings. Um, so I wanted to get back in here below 23.50 and above 22.65, accumulating there for another move higher. Uh, the trend continues to be up, so that's that's how I'm trading. it. So you are currently trading this one, is that correct? I am. I got out of it, and now I'm looking to get back in it. So yes, next oh, week I'm looking to get back in. Yep. Um, I got out after the big move up, heading into earnings. I. I you know, basically right into this buy zone. And uh, so now I'm looking to hopefully get back in right right near where I got out. Awesome. That sounds good. I mean, what you've got here on the chart makes a lot of sense. That rejection that you've got lying there, that's a massive rejection, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it looked a bit over, overdone there, right? Just it tried to really get ripping, and there's a lot of profit takers coming in and, and taking their profits. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I've been looking at this 20 moving average to uh, to hold. That'll be my technical reading of this chart. Yeah, you know, and if you zoom out, the 50 day also um, provides some support when the 20 breaks. But yeah, uh, hope, hoping the 20 can just hold here a little bit, but maybe give me a chance to get in first. <laughs> yeah. Selfishly. Yeah, don't want to see a gap up on uh, Tuesday, do you? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, that's, that's that would be. Um, I'll just get patient again. You know, no chasing. Just be patient. Absolutely. Yeah. Kenny, any interesting options action in DraftKings. The retail crowd loves DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, definitely still bullish though. I would say because at twenty three point five, you have over two thousand open interest, whereas. Um, on the port side, uh, the only major options contract is at one uh, twenty, which is one thousand five hundred. Rest everything is more. There are more call options than puts, so definitely looks more bullish. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Thanks. So one last uh, positive charge for me for the week, and that is for solar. So again, you know, no guarantees on any of these charts. I'm just noting the trend and I like to trade with the trend until it breaks. And then, you know, when it breaks, I'll go and reverse my trades. And um, no doubt you'll take some losses if you're positive and the trend reverses to negative. Uh, but along the way, I tend to do better if I don't fight the trend, right? So um, that's always been the trading plan for me. And with First Solar, it has been nothing but upside. Um, sometimes you get a little bit of a break. We got the uh, sell-off that occurred recently, filling a recent gap, but bounced right off the 150-day moving average, the blue line there. Um, and then there was the acquisition news that came in and a huge spike up to 232, which is now the target um, to try to get back to. Um, and the reason I brought this up this week is I'm constructive because of the, the pullback, um, which we were looking for. I mean, the acquisition news was, the move on that was pretty crazy. Uh, so seeing that pullback, I actually like, and now we're right back to the 200 level. It curled up a little bit last week and held well above the 20-day moving average. So if it can push above the 50-day moving average, it's right there. I think it's back and off to the races, probably taking a bit of a pause at 217.50 and then off to 232, trying to retest that recent high. So that's how I would trade for solar. I'm not in this one um, currently um, totally regretting not getting in much earlier on. I've been talking about it for a while. Um, so I might have to dip my toes in, given where it's at. Yeah, I like it. I, I like the level it's at now. 200 looks fairly fairly supported. I just wanted to maybe uh, ask a question that maybe someone might be wanting to ask in the background or may want to ask in the, in the future. With the MACD indicator, how do you trade with it? Or do you trade with it at all? Is it one of those that you just kind of have on the chart? Um, just want to have a little bit more clarity. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when MACD is in the positive, uh, meaning above zero, um, that in general, what MACD is really showing you is just uh, a relationship of recent trends, so uh, moving averages. And so you'll have a shorter term and a longer term moving average that work together. I think I've got the 12 and 26 um, and their exponential moving averages. And um, when you see the one cross above, the shorter term, cross above the longer term, um, it, that's a positive indication that, hey, things have switched to the positive and maybe you can go bullish here in the near term uh, and then vice versa when that crosses below. So on my chart, the white line 
and I think it's red is the other one. Forgive me, I'm I can never get my colors straight here being colorblind. Um, but the the white line is the shorter term. So when it crosses back above the red line, that's a, a positive sign. And then when the value of MACD is above zero, that's an additional you know positive sign. It means it's been on this positive move, and we're we're in a good uh, upside trend. Kind of is how I would put that. And so I like to use it along with RSI. If we're in a good positive trend, I'm making an upside move, but there's an RSI is strong but has room to run. That's kind of a, a sweet spot. And you can see that's, that's sort of what we've got here. I would like to see MACD switch up a little higher, but then RSI still has plenty of room to run. That's really cool. It's been like the golden cross and the death cross on, on the longer term investing type trading. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like that, just using a little bit shorter term timeframes. Yeah, I like that analogy. It makes sense. Right, cool. Thank you for answering that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the last chart I have here. We're going to switch it over to Kay, who's got a bunch of interest, interesting charts coming up. And um, I don't think I had anything as far as options activity with for Solar K, but I'll let you take it away and then roll into your charts if there is. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I think for solar, there isn't much going on on the option side. I mean, they, most of the option prices, sorry, most of the open interest is less than a thousand. So it's not yeah. that liquid. Um, and if you are an options trader and you like to trade options, uh, two things you should always keep in mind. One, that there should be enough uh, volume, uh, whether in the open interest or not. And also the bid and ask spread should be pretty tight. In case of solar, uh, for solar, the bid and ask are very, very wide. So, and with not, not much liquidity going on, it will be hard for you to get in and out, get out of the contracts if you want. First, it will take time to fulfill. Second, if you want to quickly close, you might run into issues. So keep those things in mind as you trade options. So with that said, let's jump straight into my first chart. Now, since we do trading, and I thought AI is is the is the new buzzword and by the way last year we had metaverse ai is different ai is actually being used by people in real world scenarios solving uh -huh. real use cases so i do think that uh, it's not totally a hype but i think we are in this little bubble phase where stocks are running up and one of the uh, trading opportunities that you can uh, take advantage of is with a software called GitLab. So for folks who don't know what GitLab is, it's basically used by developers to uh, manage code and do uh, testing within that code, identify defects and stuff. And there's a lot of good stuff that happens with GitLab. Um, they particularly, if you notice, they have they always after earnings drop a lot. So the movement of uh, their price is really impacted by the earnings. Next earning, which is coming up, is on 6.5. And if you can notice in the chart right now, uh, the, I, I love drawing the Fibonacci retracement because it just gives me a little bit more idea on different levels. We, I'm with you. Right? We should be tracking 43. Now, the reason I say that is because we had had a couple drops in the last couple earnings. But with the whole AI hype around, and they have recently in the last three weeks to six weeks, they have launched a lot of new uh, AI-related features within their product. And I believe they are probably going to play that in the earnings. And if that's the case, then you can see the stock actually ripping back over 43, and that's where I expect the stock to be. And that could be a good, decent uh, trading opportunity for you all. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, just so you know, the stock is down 21% year-to-date. 
So getting back to that 40 level, you'll basically be a break even from uh, last year as well. So uh, from a put to call, it's very bullish, it's 0.76. Um, the, the put options, by the way, this is not a great options play because the volume is not there. At 34, you only have 192 open interest and at 36, only 549. Looks bullish, but not much liquidity going on. So yeah, so keep that in mind if you want to use that. Uh, Nate, uh, you knew I was going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally going to ask about uh, the liquidity with the options because everything you just outlined looks sounds like a really nice setup uh, for a potential trade. And is that the uh, uh, what moving average is? That's a 50-day moving average, it looks like, that yes. it's popped back above? Yeah, yeah. 50 is the purple and the 200 is the orange one. Yeah, nice. So hopefully it can hold there. That That's what I'd be looking for this coming week. Um, and then looks like a potential for... What is that? Is earnings this week, you said, the 5th? No, it's on, yes, that... it's on June 5th. So you're looking at what uh, the week after next. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Short so, week. Yeah, short week. <laughs> so you can, expect the, you, you can expect the stock to trade sideways this week. And once the earnings is announced, if they are playing the AI card, you probably can see a rip higher. Generally, it, it, it rips you know, five ten dollars on the earnings. As you can see in the previous one, it drops five ten dollars. So I'm assuming uh, it should be able to break that forty three and get back to its uh, start of the E price. If it's anything like uh, Nvidia's earning call, the uh, every other word was AI, especially in the beginning parts of it. So if they can take anything from that, they probably <laughs> go along with that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stocks like that retrace to the thirty eight percentage uh, on the the Fib. Uh, often retrace to the 50 as well, right? Uh, just saying. So yeah, that's yeah, no, good idea exactly, that. exactly. That, so that's why, you know, I would I would track the 43 if you are trading. I think that that's a good level because that's a decent uh, um, a profit that you can generate in that trade. Yep, yep. Maybe hang, a run, hang on to a runner or two for the, the run to 48, but I agree. Nice trade, Kay. I like this idea. Yeah, so this is something... Continuing on the AI hype, <laughs> the next one is AMD. Um, why? Uh, AI, is they're also into the GPU space. GPU is the one that's why NVIDIA is uh, ripping higher. Uh, by the way, just like NVIDIA, AMD is up 98% year to date. So the stock was trading, what, 64, 65 at the start of the year. It's up, what, 127 right now. Uh, you see these two massive uh, green candles. Those were the gap ups due to the whole video AI news. Um, however, if you look at the last year of chart, the stock has been in range. You will see the stock is oscillating in this zone um, and, and kind of, you can say, sideways trading. Right now, RSI is overheated. It's 82.88. Um, you look at the MACD. Uh, what is like I don't know that I have never seen this kind of like a um, vertical takeoff of a MACD signal. And have you seen this kind of before? It, it usually curls over pretty quick when it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you count these green bars, nine straight days of green candles, right? Uh, the next high that we are probably they got rejected at one twenty four. That is the Mar that is the March twenty twenty two high. So. That's the gap that you are actually looking. So this this gap up, put to call ratio is one point zero two. 
so slightly, very slightly bearish. Uh, the put options at 118 is 3,100. At call is 130, about 3.3. So very even, just like the put to call ratio. Uh, I mean, I think I think at this point of time, we would like to see it uh, kind of gets a baseline over here. I'm, I'm looking at what, 110, 1, 110? Yeah, 110.59 should retrace back and build a, a base over there or support. Uh, yeah, I mean, some some perspective there is last week we went from basically, <clears throat> excuse me, 109 to 124 or so. So, I mean, a 15%, 10 to 15% move in a couple of days, and uh, I, I would love to see it go higher. But if it, it continued to like 130 or 140, I mean, you're talking huge uh, NVIDIA-type moves, so it'd be, you know, trying to keep up, I guess, and... I just don't know if that's something you should expect or, you know, when you're going into a trade, be looking for that, those kind of huge moves. I mean, when they happen, it's great, but they're just uh, not something you should be expecting, I don't think. So I, I like what you're saying here. A little bit of cool down uh, makes some sense. But I wouldn't short it either. <laughs> I mean, no, I agree. No, I, yeah, right? I agree. I think shorting yeah. is like, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to get into trouble. Uh, mm. But if you're trading it, at this point in time, you should also, you know, kind of put your uh, Mr. Cool hat and don't get into trades to be very optimistic because when something runs up this much, it can of course run to run to two hundred dollars also. Nobody can say it, nobody. But as a trader, and if you are going to do risk management, I think this is this is a time that you kind of uh, you know see and 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 assess everything before you jump into being very very bullish. What a round trip! That's a that's a that's a nice chart. Uh, Sean, any any thoughts on this one? Before, if not, I'll jump to the next one. No, not really. Just one of those that I'm not going to be looking at or um, you know, keep, keep an eye on, just because of what you basically explained. So yeah, not not on my list for me. All right. Well, the third one is Intel. Intel we cover often on this uh, weekly one, and Intel has a different story. So we saw that not all semiconductor got the AI love. And the primary reason is because the AI hype or AI boom is basically driven by the GPU side, not the CPU side. CPU is what Intel is good, is the market leader versus NVIDIA is on the GPU side. Now, um, what I can see from this chart is that the $30 level is the most critical level for Intel. And this is what is happening. They are trying, you can see these little candles with these, these uh, wicks they are trying to pull it back to the $30 level, and that's where the bulls and bears are kind of, you know, going back and forth. RSI is 47, so it's still in the smack in the middle. Uh, MACD is does signal. Uh, it's not on the chart here, but MACD signals a little bit downwards. We did see elevated volumes of selling uh, um, on the two days that NVIDIA was running. We had almost 75 million and 68 million on those two days of trading. And that was because of big selling pressure that you can see in these two uh, candles. Um, put to call ratio still very positive. It's 0.52. We have about at 28, we have 2,800 put options. And at $30, we have 7,000 call options. So that's what I'm looking at Intel. Um, what are your thoughts, guys? I'll just say quickly. It's it's not encouraging that given all the AI hype and the moves in the space going launching to the upside like we just saw with AMD that you see in Intel kind of curling over here, so that's definitely concerning. 
Yeah. There's two little volume bars down there as well. High volume in the, in the red. Don't look good either. Yeah, those were the big selling days, especially when Nvidia ran up. Yeah, yeah, it's like dude, it's 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 on the other side of the trade, right? Unfortunately, because Nvidia is basically taking, a, they're trying to keep up, and so uh, the the bigger, the more powerful news out of the competition, it's going to be tough for Intel because uh, they're trying to play catch up. I think so. That thirty dollar level looks pretty tough to me, and that's what I have my eyes on. I think that makes sense, Kay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next up is the big company in the world. I think so still, which is Apple. We love, we love covering Apple every week. Uh, just like <laughs> this chart. <laughs> Sorry, Ned, what are you saying? Oh, no, I do love covering Apple. I was just appreciating what you were saying there. Go ahead. Well, um, we saw it's still trying to hang around that $175 mark. And I think it is waiting for the next catalyst. And the next catalyst that could most probably will come will around the WWDC 23, which is on what? Uh, I think June 4th. That at, until then, I think we will see the sideways trading. And based on that event, we will see either upside or downside, depending upon what products they announce, if they announce the AR VR headset. Now, the reason uh, you still have to be careful here because 175 is your last high from August 2022, and 181 is your all-time high for Apple. So yes, it can break, but even if it breaks that, you will see a retracement at some point in time. Um, and you know it will need to form a new support level. So I, I think the catalyst at uh, the WWDC is going to push the stock up if they launch the AR VR headset and, and it's and it is what people are expecting, I guess. Uh, the put to call ratio is again very bullish for Apple as usual. Call options at 180 is 32,000 versus at 170 is only 13,000. So you can see how bullish people are on Apple. It is stuck. It is stuck here, isn't it? At 175. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one to break. This is this is a very very difficult resistance level to break. So I was thinking, if you own shares, then it's probably a great opportunity to be selling cover calls, maybe at that 181 level. Uh, it looks like you could sell, you know, 182.50 or even 185. Well, 185, it kind of drops off. of well, the 182.50 calls, um, even going out to mid-June, you could get some. I guess that's all because of that action around WDC you mentioned. Yeah. You can get some decent premiums there. So if you're... You know, most people are in love with their Apple shares and for good reason. So I would understand that wasn't something you're excited about, but, you know, a good way to collect cash. Exactly. I mean, for, for me, when I run options on, when I run covered calls on Apple, I generally sell long dated calls. I don't do weeklies or, or monthlies on this one. I do uh, three months, sometimes nine months, even one year out. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and that's when you collect a lot of premium on it. Um, so in this case, if I was running an, a call, I would let, if it rips higher on, on that event, I would let, I would sell it, come call on that day because that's when you should go over 200 to collect an year out uh, to sell. You get some very juicy premiums for over a year on Apple. Yeah, you're not kidding. The March 15th, uh, 200 strike is about $8. $600 in your pocket right there. Yeah, that's pretty nice given that it's just moving sideways. Like you said, if it really gives a push up here, you're going to get some juice into those premiums. Yeah, it helps you to reduce your cost basis and you can add more shares using that money. 
So there's a lot we could, we can play with that extra cash. Yeah, Sean, what do you do in these spots where it's up up against the resistance like this and a bigger name like Apple? Um, any anything you'd add to the conversation here? Um, what I would do, nothing, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense actually. <laughs> on, 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 just because we don't have calls and puts over here in the UK, at least not to my knowledge, anyway. Um, but <clears throat> from a technical point of view, I, I do see it breaking this one seventy five ish sort of level. Um, and this looks a bit like almost a, and it sounds a bit silly, but it could be like a larger breakout trade. So you can see the, the resistance point of one seventy five back in uh, August last year. Um, but if it hits this point now, then it breaks up to kind of 181 and retraces down to 175 to use it as a base. Could see further upside. Don't see any reason why not. Um, contrary to that, you can see obviously it has been following up nicely. It looks like the 20 minute average might be just tucking up behind it. Uh, just from just purely imagining it from, from what we can see here on, on Kay's chart. Uh, but if it breaks that, then obviously. Uh, yeah, downwards pressure, I see. But yeah, the WWDC will be interesting to, to note. Yeah, we'll keep an eye and uh, we'll report again next week uh, and see whether we are correct or not in our uh, estimation. Well, moving on to the next big boy, uh, this is the second last chart on my is Google. We, we track Google as well on a weekly basis. Uh, very interesting chart over here. We are still. Um, trying to find our support, new support. We broke through 108 resistance a while ago. That was due to AI news as well, by the way. Um, we can see the 122, or sorry, the one, yeah, the 122 is your high from last year, August, and your 131 is your high from last year, April. So those are two key levels I'm at least going to watch. And, um, Based on how I'm seeing the chart right now, the average volume has reduced. It, it was 38 million last week. It's down to 36 million. RSI is still a little overheated, 71.63. The put to call continues to be bullish. But at this point of time, uh, how it, the chart is looking for me, the best case I would recommend is 122. It creates a support level over there. Most likely, I see it retracing back around the 116. And worst case, of course, it can go down to the 108 and retouch. But that's, again, a worst case scenario. For options, 116 put options are 14,000, almost 15,000 open interest. And calls at 130 is only 6.3. So that's how the options world is looking at. Um, yeah, what are you guys thinking looking at this chart? So it's interesting to see people more on, on the you know the downside side. If that makes sense well, on that one. And like you said, I think that 108 level that you can see there looks a bit like it might be lining up with the 50 moving average. So that could be quite a good stable point if it was to retrace back down there, um, and possibly an entry point for the, for the long termers. Uh, but yeah, that's all I see on this chart. But it looks really good. It's really nice. A nice run up. I know one of my friends is in this chart and he's buzzing about it. So um, yeah, I'm happy for him. <laughs> Interesting to see Google has uh, gotten above the high from last August where Apple was resisting at that at the high from last August. I don't know if that actually means anything at all, but maybe that's tied to some of the AI hype and that's been what's been able to push it above versus uh, slowing down and rejecting. Um, but, yeah, that I like the targets you've got here, Kay. Um, I'd definitely be looking at that 131 level for a nice uh, upside target, getting back to that high from April. Um, I guess 
where I would look for support would be more that 116 for me. And the reason being is, you know, that was prior resistance moving back and through May, June, July timeframe. And so I would want that to kind of hold up if we do get a pullback here. And I'd probably be willing to go uh, take a long position at that point if we got a little bit of a, a hold up. And you could see maybe the moving average coming up there to provide a little bit more support as well. Right. That's exactly. I also have it on my likely. Um, and even the options data is very heavily skewed at that level. I love it when I align with the options data. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And the last chart on is I know to this today, I've had a lot more charts though. So the last one we always cover so far. Um, I just see so far trading sideways at this point in time. I really don't see anything else going on. We had a nice bounce off the 480. Again, it's hovering close to your 50-day moving average. Uh, I think in the next couple trading days, we may get that cross, right? The 50-day crossing over, that would be your uh, bullish golden cross. That should push the stock up higher. Uh, we may see that uh, the protocol issue again is always bullish with SoFi. We have a crazy amount of uh, volume. At 5.5, you have 12,000 open interest. At $6, you have 12,000 open interest. At 5, you only have uh, 6,000. So very bullish uh, from an options perspective. And I, I continue to see this still playing in this zone, right, between that 480 maybe even hitting the six, maybe even breaking six, but again, retracing back. I don't know if there's any specific catalyst that is happening with SoFi. I haven't tracked SoFi in a couple of weeks now, but I don't see uh, any specific news unless you guys know anything is going on with SoFi. No, I was going to ask you that question. I'll tell you, I'm trading SoFi, and I've been you know, really working this chart over, Kay, and I look at this 550 level as serious resistance, like, Hardcore resistance. Um, And I use, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I use the 150-day versus the 200-day moving average. And it's funny. Usually it doesn't matter too much, but sometimes it does tell a little different story. And right now I've got the 50-day starting to cross below the 150-day, which would be a a bearish indication, right? And um, and the 20-days already crossed below both of them. Um, so we've got this uptrend, which is why I, I'm a little hesitant to get too negative on SoFi here because, you know, continuing on this recent uptrend. But 550 has been some serious resistance. And then you got the 50-day and 150-day moving averages at the same spot. I could see it, to your point, just ranging here and pulling right back to maybe 480, 482, and just right in between that, that those, you know, me and that 480 level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, after you told me about that, I, I added that as well. I'm glad I did that. But yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. I, I would actually be trading, you know, at this point, um, looking forward to roll over at this 550 level and then trade it down to 480 again and see if we can get support and trade it back on up. It's going to be tough to get it to break out with all of the, the bank news that's, that's gone on. And then everything's being focused on AI that unless – you know, there's some AI catalysts for uh, SoFi, which I would be, I've not heard of. <laughs> That's a stretch, I think. So, uh, yeah, it, it might just kind of be flying under the radar and churning for a bit. Yeah, and, and honestly, I... I think for, go ahead, sorry, Sean. No, no, you go ahead. 
No, I was just uh, adding to what uh, Nate was saying is that generally for SoFi, it's mostly we are, at least I trade options on SoFi. So, you know, you get in at, uh, you know, 4.5 or 5 and you try to you know, get out at, you know, at 5.5 or 6 or whatever be the case. It's two options and then just collect that little premium on a weekly or a monthly basis. Um, so that's how I play SoFi apart from, you know, building the long-term uh, accumulation if I have a long, a lot of options, a lot of uh, shares, I'll sell covered calls, long day covered calls to collect extra premium, lower my cost basis. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how I look at SoFi. Yeah, I've been liking the four dollar uh, call strikes um, as far as taking in the money call options to trade instead of buying, you know, four hundred uh, shares as a you know stock replacement, I guess you could say, uh, type of trade. Um, but otherwise, it's nice that it's only 540 a share, so you can accumulate some shares at these levels. And again, I like it down at about 480. Um, so, yeah. Just wanted to ask a question a bit more of a long term, if, if I can, okay. And it's just a bit more around, there's been a bit of noise around the potential profitability of this company happening in the later part of this year. Now, obviously, I follow Palantir as well and they're closely twined in, in terms of retail following, etc. Um, but Generally, if it does go profitable, we've seen what's happened with Palantir. Do you see a similar sort of move, perhaps? Hundred percent. I think hundred percent. I mean, if if they get, you know, even um, uh, even on the gross side, they they show profitability, which they will probably show it on the gross side first. This stock is going to uh, break uh, all these barriers to you know create new levels. This this stock is going above ten dollars, hundred percent. If it uh, shows signs of you know or very positive momentum, but I think the biggest problem that SoFi is still running into that I I see personally is the student loan repayment. That's their biggest business. They have built all these other you know channels for revenue, but if your biggest channel for revenue is not is still stuck, it's not you know able to generate the cash. It's going to be harder. It's going to take longer for SoFi to turn the the profitability. Yeah, so this is one of those that I've been looking at more and more this week to potentially start a long position. And I haven't quite got all of my due diligence together, but I am going through it. So I, yeah, I, I do see a bit of potential in them, especially if they're going profitable for us. And it's always good to invest in profitable companies, in my opinion. You know, they've got big. They've got their name on in big spots, right? I mean, they've got. Um... I've, I forgot, I just lost her name, but uh, I think it's Liz is her first name on CNBC representing SoFi. Yeah, um, yeah, she's the head of the research, I think. Right, and so she, she's always on TV. They, you know, obviously got the stadium naming rights. I mean, they're, they're out there trying to make a name for themselves, so um, I would not uh, cut them short anytime soon, but it's it's been a rough go, and they need to, you know, get some consolidation here and start seeing some upward movement um but i agree with you the student loan is kind of hanging over them i think we got a couple more months before that gets sorted out or maybe delayed again so we'll see what happens i, I believe if i'm not it was august, uh, august. we had a new news that i haven't um i haven't seen uh but you never know i mean next year is going to be the election year so apart from the inflation now the election is slowly going to you know change the game Stock yeah. market. So we could see a big bounce next year because general election year is always good for stock markets, at least historically. Maybe they'll roll it into the debt ceiling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kidding. Totally kidding. 
Um, all right. Well, great stuff. Thanks again for the charts this week, you guys. A lot of, lot of interesting charts. We've got a short week coming up. What I would say to everybody who's trading uh, starting out on Tuesday is, you know, we've been, we get three days off. You get anxious to start trading. I know I do. Uh, Mondays typically are the hardest day to trade. So if you have Monday off, that you get another day in there of waiting and, and being anxious. So uh, Tuesday, just take it easy on the open is my recommendation. Let things play out a little bit. Maybe give you some more information on what direction things might go. Uh, let that 30 minutes of action play out and then start assessing your trades. Um, if you didn't catch everything on this call, by the way, um, also have it posted uh, to my Substack, and it will be on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, so make sure you check that out. But yeah, that would be my words of wisdom for this week is just take it a little bit easy and the, at the start. And that way you don't, you know, put yourself in a hole and try to have to recover on a short week. Uh, anything you'd add to that, Sean? Yeah, I like that. Um, don't get too excited on, on the Tuesday. It's very easy to do that with a three-day weekend. Uh, just to add to that, maybe if you do have a bit of time tomorrow, just go over some trades that you've done, go over some plans that you've, you've had. Maybe you've got some plans from this call, perhaps. And obviously plan your risk management areas if you are to do those trades and just have fun and try not to get too emotional. And just like like Nate said, just take it easy and uh, yeah, have fun. Love it. How about you, Kay? What else would you add? Well, everything what Nate and Sean said, that and have fun and uh, don't get suckered into the AI hype. I'm telling you, you know, uh, <laughs> ah, plan your geez. trades nicely. Okay, you have to go read my newsletter this week. <laughs> I, will, I, will. I detail. Oh my god, I love that. That's what you just said. I detailed potential additional upside trades for Nvidia um, on Semiconductor and SMH ETF. <laughs> I am going to read that hundred percent. I love it. So uh, yeah, let me know what you think about that. And uh, again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll get these posted, and uh, have a safe trading week. Have fun. Thanks, guys. Bye. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.